to
we could just realize the weight of that. All I want is just to know your heart, God, who you are. Keep me here, God. Keep me in this place where I find you, where I know you. God, where I'm one with you. Thank you, Jesus. God, keep us here in this place, in this secret place with you. Thank you, Jesus. Sing that one more time. Let him know your heart today. With everything we have, God, everything we are, we worship you today, right here, right now, in this moment. We will no longer sit back, God, and let this world, the weight of this world, crush us. God, I make that choice today for myself. choose you instead. It doesn't matter, God. It doesn't matter what I'm facing. The trials, God. God, the burdens that seem unbearable, they don't matter in light of you. God, just let us focus on you right now. Just for a few more moments just to spend more time in your presence with you. God, let us don't take this for granted, these special moments that we have with you. We invite you here, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
there's no wall. There's no wall, you won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear down. Come after me. Come on, there's no shadow. There's no shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Come after me. There's no wall, you won't kick down. No lie, you won't tear down. you guys to finish and worship strong. Can you guys do that with me? Um, this, uh, this, this leaves the 99 in this song. I don't know if you noticed that. That's a, it's a verse from the New Testament in Matthew, and it's Jesus talking, and, he, and I'm going to read it for you real quick. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? 100 minus 1 is 99. That's for you math guys. I'm a little slow this morning. But won't he leave the 99 others on the hills, referring to the sheep, and go out to search for the one that is lost? And that's what this song is reckless, overwhelming. And I think as we sing this song, I think um, if you're a Christian, uh, hopefully this means something to you. If you're not, it might be something, these words that are a bit empty for you. But I want you to know that our God that we serve, that we worship this morning, left 
and chased after you. He pursued you first. And can we just for a few moments, and I think as I sing this song, it's, it's kind of like, cool, thanks God. I'm so overwhelmed that you chased after me. But I think the call this morning is that we respond to that in the same way that he pursued us. It's the same way that he chased after us. Just like my wife, that I chased after her, and then she kind of like walked away for a little bit, and then she came back. But that she returned that to me, amen? amen. And just as God, he doesn't chase after you so he gets something returned, but at the end of the day, if your theology is right, that he chased after us so that this morning, on August 20th, that we can, can we just take five minutes and overwhelmingly, just recklessly worship him? Yeah. And in return, say, God, you chased after me. You left the 99 in this moment. For me, it's just these 99 thoughts that are going on in my head. Can I just forsake those 99 things that are going to be with me in an hour or two or the rest of the week? And can I just say, I'm going to leave those things, and I'm going to chase after you right now in this moment. And I don't want to rush us. I don't want to be Facebook style and just rush to these videos that we do so often. But man, can you guys worship with Jen and the team and this church and Hill City? Can we recklessly and overwhelmingly just give God a gift this morning of our praise? Amen? Amen. You guys can sing this one more time. And let's help this worship team and worship God in this place. Come on. Come on, let's sing that bridge. There's no shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't climb up. Come after me. Yes, you Thank came you after Jesus. us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. Come on, sing that again. No shadow. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain, climb up. Coming after me. Jesus. There's no wall. There's no wall you won't kick down. With everything inside of you, scream it out. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me, oh. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down. Coming after me, come on, sing that again. There's no shadow.
One more time. Burn it. I don't deserve it. Still you gave yourself away. It's all God, your love is big. God, we feel it this morning. We acknowledge it, God, and we thank you for it. God, Hill City worships you. We don't come to a place just to be a place of, uh, of, of talking and community, and those are all beautiful things, God, but we worship God. We worship you this morning. May the name of the Lord and Jesus Christ be lifted up in this place, God. You are big, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Give God a hand. Come on. Amen. You guys can be seated in your beautiful chairs. Well, I just wanted to say a quick, uh, our kids went back to school today. Anybody else have kids that go back to school? Woo! Yes! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get back at it. No, I'm just kidding. We love when the kids are home. It's so awesome. Um, I just want to give a shout out to some of our teachers here who educate our children. Um, can you raise your hand if you're a teacher? Uh, back here, there's Mark and Marcy. Marcy went that way. There, I don't know. There's probably other teachers, but thank you for those of you online. Huh? What? Desiree. Give her another hand. <laughs> and uh, man, it's a big job. I was. It was overwhelming going to school to Silver Creek where our kids go and. The amount of kids, it's unbelievable. I mean, just uh, watch, you know, being in those crowds and seeing them get educated. So our youngest is now in kindergarten, so it's kind of a milestone for us that they're all in school at the same time. And uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's weird. So, And uh, I'm on a bit of a Sabbath right now from work, so we drop the kids off at work. And, or at work. Go to work, kids. Uh, we put them in school, and then Megan and I got home. We're like, what should we do? Let's go for a walk. So went for a walk, and, uh, man, it's just a beautiful thing to have them in school. Uh, so welcome to Hill City Church. If this is your first time, uh, we welcome you. And uh, if there's any questions that we can answer for you, uh, we love to get to know people. Uh, we have a, uh, you know, we want this place to be family first um, and that you find God uh, ultimately and uh, live out your purpose uh, so that we can change this world. And uh, the best way that we do that is through our growth track um, uh, uh, class, I guess I'll call it. Uh, it's, our, it's our system. It's our assimilation system. Say assimilation. Like, that's a lame word. Uh, but it's our way of integrating you guys. If you come to our church, you call us your church home. If you want to become part of this family, it's our way to do that. So uh, Mark and Julie Mitchell lead that class, and that kicks off in about three weeks. Is it September? What's the date? She doesn't know either. Oh, she's giving me the... Uh, um, first, uh, first, after Labor Day weekend. Uh, it, so if you want to sign up, right up there is our Grow Track laptop. Uh, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give it over to John, and we'll go from there. God, thank you this morning. Uh, that we get to worship you, God. It's not a have to, but it's a, it's a, that we get to do that, that we get to come into a place of worship and lift your name up. And uh, God, if we're, uh, you know, there's, there's things that are going on this morning in the church or might going through trials, I pray that in this moment that you would begin to transform hearts, uh, transform minds, uh, that, you'd be, that your Holy Spirit would be uh, present uh, and that we'd invite you in uh, to be ultimately moved by God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can pass those out. Come forward and pass those out. Uh, take a moment. I'm going to set up and talk amongst yourselves. Get to know the person next to you. Yeah.
Tell him I really like your uh, bandana. It's, it's lovely. It's a beautiful mustache you have. You have a beautiful mustache, Paul. I'm, uh, I'm, I, uh, I asked my wife this morning, should I uh, cut my facial hair? And she said, most definitely. So I said, then I'm not going to do it. Uh, it's the it's rebellion in me. But I, I, I should because it hurts. Uh, but uh, good morning. Good. I'm just glad you guys are here. And like Paul said, we are uh, back to school. Thank God. I don't know if, you know, some parents, I know you guys are better than me. And you're like, I miss my kids. They're not here. I, you know, I, I'll see them at night. All right? I'll see them at night. Like, I'll high five in the morning. And I'll see them at night. Uh, and uh, praise the Lord. Right? But uh, today's going to be good. This, is, uh, this message is in me. And uh, just so I want to just uh, let God to do what he wants to do. And uh, just, and uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 14. We love the Word of God. We believe it reveals Jesus, and Jesus absolutely changes our lives. The message is called Better Than. Say Better Than. There's a lot of things that's better than, right? And I, So today I want to just convey one point to us, and the point is that Jesus is better. That's it. That's the one point. Jesus is better than my sorrows. He's better than my suffering. He's better than my victories. He's better than my wealth. He's better than my comforts. He's better than my security. He's even better than relationships. He's better than sex. He's better than pleasure. Anything this world can offer, I believe that Jesus is better. It is. He is. And it's only by giving our life completely to Him that we will ever truly know or experience that Jesus is better. That's the crux of this life and everything else, right? Unless in marriage, unless you jump all the way into marriage, you will never know the fruit of that beautiful relationship. Unless in a friendship that you're vulnerable and you jump all the way into friendship. In everything that we do, this is true. But sometimes we hold back from God, even, even knowing that Jesus is better, right? In this life, everything will pass away. I'm telling you, the stuff we hold on to, we say around here is just future garage sale stuff anyway. The nice car is, a, is an old car one day. The nice TV is the TV that no one will take from your front yard, right? You remember those giant, like 60-inch giant TVs that no one wants? You put on your front yard, no one takes. You're like, someone take this. Someone would like it. It works. You even write on there, free. It works. And then no one takes it right? It's because it changes. Things that we love in, in the day disappear so quickly. But I believe Jesus gets better and better and better. The people who have a relationship with Christ, a one that is it's all the way jumped in, man, all the way like I am full in. They never say it's getting worse. They understand that life is getting, in Christ is getting better. Just talk to them. The older they get, it's getting better. But the people, but, but it's like, you know those people who are cranky now? And you look, you're like, you're going to be so cranky when you're older. <laughs> I might be that person, so watch out. But I'm just saying, it, it, it moves that way. Yeah, husbands don't look at your wives. Wives don't look at your husbands, right? But let's be honest, right? Many of us who say Jesus is Lord and Savior struggle in believing this, right? Isn't that true? I mean, in real life, we don't always feel that. Do you really believe Jesus is better? when we have to count the cost of following Jesus. There is a cost. When he says, give me your life, give me your future, give me your treasures. 
Jesus is not a club that we buy a card into. He's saying, all right, are you in? Then I want your whole life. You're like, what? Yeah, that's right. There's a cost of following Jesus. Will you offer that to him? Your whole self, your purpose, that's a hard one. Your things, your time, your worship. In loving your enemies, you're like, oh, Jesus didn't really mean it. I'm telling you, he really meant it. When he says, forgive those, forgive everyone who has offended you. Because if you do not forgive, I cannot forgive you because you don't understand the forgiveness I'm giving you. We're like, oh, that's too harsh, Jesus. I don't really believe that. No, you can't take things out and say, I believe this, 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 and this. No, you, you're either all in or you're, you're standing away and you will not understand the fullness that God has for you, the fullness of love that he has for us. Will we believe Jesus is better on our plans, on our calendar? Is Jesus in your calendars? Is, your, is, is Sunday in your calendar? Sometimes when he's not in your calendar, when quiet time is not in your calendar, when spending time with people is not in your calendar, it doesn't get done. And we always say like this, oh man, I, I said it to someone yesterday. I said it to uh, Brian Angel yesterday. We need to get together. And we didn't put it in our calendars. Guess what? It's not happening. I'm just being honest. That's how, just, that's how life rolls. Is Jesus in your calendar? Are people that are important to you on your calendar? Because what's on there gets done, right? But, but a lot of times when I talk about this, some of us, we get a sinking feeling. I, me too, man. When you hear that Christianity is more about following than feeling, when faith is more about loyalty than just believing, if I say yes to Jesus, what are people going to say? What are they going to think of me? What is it going to cost of me? And the answer to this all depends if you believe Jesus is better. I'm going to pray and then we're going to run right in. Heavenly Father, speak to us. I pray for those who uh, just open their hearts, God. I know that there's moments that you can open. You can crack open a heart that I cannot do. You can change a life that I cannot change, Lord God. So in this moment, we ask to reveal Jesus Christ. And I pray that he can change our lives. That's what we want. We want to introduce people to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen amen so today we're going into mark chapter 14 and it takes us to the life of mary of bethany mary of bethany mary of bethany right she's right up there she's sitting right there listening to jesus this is the picture anytime they depict mary in a painting she's always at the feet of jesus leaning in and listening right and that's a big deal see she was not the mother of jesus she's just a friend of jesus that that jesus has absolutely changed her life and she follows him she's a follower she's a friend but mary does something very costly in mark 14. she takes the best that she has and offers it to Jesus and listen she was only able to do this because she truly believed that Jesus is better she truly believed that Jesus was completely better and only in knowing Jesus is better are we able to faithfully obey and follow whatever God has called us to do I'm telling you there's moments in our life when God will shock us it's not always easy. They'll say, he'll call us into things that are very difficult. And we'll say, that's not what God wants because it's not easy, right? <laughs> and, and of course, everyone who has followed Christ laughs because normally when it's hard, it's, that's the direction you might be going. <laughs> and he takes us into this empowered by the peace of God. But let's read. What did Mary do? What did Mary do? Mark 14, 3 to 9. 
It says, and while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as they were reclining, as Jesus was reclining on the, at the table, the woman, Mary, came in with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard. Uh, I, I was like, nard, that sounds awful, right? But pure nard, and, and, and nard was, a, uh, it was an ointment found only in India. And so they're in, like, in the Galilee area, and she has a bottle from India, right? Telling you that this stuff is expensive. I got just olive oil from who knows where, from Thornton probably, right? And, and, and she takes this bottle, a very costly perfume, and, and she pours it over the head of Jesus. Strange moment, right? Strange moment, right? There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was the ointment wasted like that? For that ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii, which is about uh, a year's salary, about 45000 and given to the poor and they scolded her now the writers of Matthew and John also recount this moment they verify this moment and John's letter we learn that Mary is the sister of Martha who was always busy doing stuff and Lazarus who had been raped by Jesus so this dinner could have been like a party thrown for out of gratitude and it took place in Simon the leper's house and that's a horrible name for you right Hey, Simon the leper. Like, you don't want to be called Simon the leper. Call me Simon. Okay, Simon the leper. You know, I'm like, that's a horrible name. But at one point, honestly, he must have had leprosy and Jesus must have healed him or they couldn't throw a party at his house because people with leprosy could not be around other people. So just imagine with me, this party is rocking, right? There's, uh, there's 20, 30 people there. It is uh, the, the people are talking. They're dressed nice. The DJ is playing the Cupid Shuffle. Just imagine with me. This is a beautiful moment. Then all of a sudden, the music stops, the people go silent, and Mary breaks open this flask of alabaster flask filled with precious perfume, and she begins to pour it on Jesus. Strange moment. And just imagine if I opened this, and I was like, all right, just out of nowhere, like Paul's taking notes, and I'm like, yeah, right? It would just be a very, uh, I was going to do it to some, I said, Candace, can I pour olive oil all over your head? She's like, Okay, <laughs> which means no. Husbands, no and okay means no. I might strike you. That's, that's the kind of okay that was, right? So imagine with me this is going on, and, and, and he, she begins to pour this out. What a strange moment. Some people are getting upset, and one guy starts to yell at Mary, and we find out in the book of uh, John that it was actually Judas is yelling at Mary. You should save that. You should give that to me, right? And obviously. And one reason is because it was very expensive stuff. I mean, this is better than Calvin Klein, right? And it was probably in those days something that expensive was a family heirloom passed down from generations saying, you keep this just in case. It represented money. It represented financial stability during hard times. It re represented security. It was their 401k. And Mary breaks that thing open and pours it on Jesus, anointing him from head to toe. Think about that. And in ancient times, when you anoint somebody like that, it was a sign of preparation, adoration, devotion, and worship. They would do that to kings to prepare them. We're preparing you for some great task. And they would pour on, on a king or pour on a prophet or pour on an individual saying, we are, you are about to take off. It represented God and his spirit. But with this action, she revealed that this is my most valuable possession, and I give it to you, Jesus, And it's because I believe 
you are better. It's a stunning scene. But the truth is, we all own an alabaster jar. We all have one, right? What's yours? Think about that for a moment. What's the one thing in your life that you cannot have taken away from you, that you are unwilling to pour out? What's the most valuable thing in your life, in my life? If it were taken away, we would lose our sense of safety, security, even identity, value, and hope. It could be your home. Some people, this is my dream home, God. And God's like, all right, I'm going to move you to Kenya. You're like, what? Kenya? Right? I'm going to move you to Five Points uh, from, uh, from Missouri or Wyoming, wherever you guys came from, right? You're like, you're going to move me to Five Points? You want me to start something in Five Points, God? And it's like, that's right. You're like, all right, that sounds just right in my alley, right in my comfort zone, Isaac. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, God calls us to the strangest places. It might be a job. Some of us, our job is our identity. So if that was taken away from you, you, you would feel like your life was taken away. Some of us, it's our retirement plan, our relationships with our spouse or with our children, whatever it is. It's hard to think about it. It owns so much of who you are, yet we can never fully surrender to Jesus. Listen with me. We can never fully surrender to Jesus unless we see that Jesus is better. Man, that's like a weight drop. Jesus is better. How's God speaking to us right now? How's God speaking to you right now? I believe God has already pointed many things out in our life that we have chosen it to be better than God, right? And, and, and some of us, we've made excuses for our behavior or the things that we love more than Christ. And we say, oh, oh, it's okay because this is how it is in this life. This is how that is. And as some of us, we have made excuses for our sin. And we said, it's okay. I'm forgiven so I can. And then we continue down the road of sin. Some of us, it's our lack of submission. But even good things can turn bad when they become God things in our life. I'm going to say that again. Even good things can turn bad when they become God things in our life. What is keeping you from Jesus and the life that he has for you? And that's a huge statement. Do you believe that God has a better life than you can put together for yourself? I mean, the answer to that question is the outcome of our submission. Do we believe that God has a better life than we can put together for ourselves? Do we truly believe that? What are we holding on to that is really holding on to us? Now Mary, she doesn't stop just by pouring it out. She bent down and began wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. And let me tell you, and, and to, to us Americans, this is just weird, right? Okay. I guess you can use that as conditioner, right? It's just odd, right? Okay, you're wiping. Go ahead, Candace. Wipe your, uh, my feet with your hair. You'd be like, don't do it, Candace. Slap that man, right? But, uh, but to a Jewish woman, the hair was, uh, culturally, her hair was her glory, right? She would only share, and this is crazy, she would only let down her hair at home to reveal to her husband. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was something deeper than just hair to us, right? This, it was her glory. And what Mary did was not only fiscally irresponsible, but it was culturally scandalous. That people were stunned when this was going on. She opened up 
and laid, took her hair and started to wipe Jesus' feet. And I could go deeper into the whole hair analogy, but I'm not going to. It's going to take too much time. It's weird, all right? But she was breaking code, breaking protocol, but she didn't care. She was more focused on Jesus to extravagantly offer him her best, her all, having absolute confidence in Jesus. Think about that. Not only everything she had, but everything she was in her culture. So I'm just thinking about, why did she do this? It's strange. Why would you do that? And I'm going to read further in verse 6 and 8. Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me, for you will always have the poor and will be with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. The big word is beforehand. She was preparing Jesus beforehand for burial. So she was using this nard ointment to prepare Jesus for his death. This is a crazy thought. This is crazy because we know what happens. We know he goes to the cross six days later. But no one else believed Jesus. Not a single person in that room believed that Jesus would die on the cross but Mary. This is an intense thought. Everyone else, like, okay, Jesus, yeah. They had other ideas of how Jesus' life would play out. But Mary really believed Jesus. And when Jesus spoke about his death over and over again, the disciples kept missing it or rejecting it because it didn't play into their mind of how God was, how the Messiah would come, and how their lives would turn out. See, when we think of our lives with Christ, we think it it has to look like this. And Jesus wipes it clean and says, no, it's going to look like this. And then Mary took that and said, I believe you, Jesus. I believe you. She knew it. She believed him and, and gave her best in that moment. So think about this with me. If I knew that my friend, if, if Paul Thomas, right, if I knew that you were going to die for me to save me, I'd give you 45 grand for sure. I'd, all day long, I'd give you 45 grand. I think that's a good switch. Like, oh, all right, he's going to die for me. 45 grand, I'm in, right? I'm in. I might, I might like do 46 grand, all right? It might be, it, it's worth it, but it's a good exchange for my life. But would I give Paul the rest of my life? I'm not really sure. I mean, 46 grand, it's a lot of dough, Paul. I mean, I don't know if I would give you the rest of my life. I thank you for your service, uh, and I wanna, I wanna, but I want to live my life. But Mary did not only believe that Jesus was her Savior, that Jesus would save her, but she believed that Jesus was God. This is a huge moment. He was more than some extremely nice, like, like uh, engineer, right? You're an extremely nice engineer. But Jesus, uh, but, but Mary believed Jesus was so much more than that, right? She, he, was, he was God. Jesus is God. And, and that means he's the creator of life. He's the almighty. He's the healer of body, mind, and soul. The alpha, the omega, the Yahweh God. And if Jesus is God, what could she ever hold back from God? She gave him everything, her best and even herself, wiping his feet with her hair. Mary knew that he would rise again, just like Lazarus rose again. He, she knew who he was. Do we know who we're serving? God in the flesh, God with us, God over death, God who controls all life. Mary had a proper view of Jesus. This is a huge statement. Mary had a proper view of Jesus. And I'm going to say this three times. What you're able to surrender to Jesus, Jesus, 
What you're able to surrender to Christ is shows how you properly view Christ. What you're able to surrender to Jesus shows how you properly view Jesus. Now, church, how about us? How do, how do we view Jesus? Many view, many view Jesus as a friend, someone who cares for you, always there for you, someone who to call on, who's in trouble in our needs, a wise teacher, someone we learned from, and we sang some of that, and it's true. But do you believe that Jesus is God? I think that is a whole new level of thinking and a level of worship. Is he the resurrection and the life? Is he the one that will revive your soul one day? Is he God of all? Is he creator? Is he Lord? Is he your future? Is he your purpose? Is he your keeper of your soul? Is he your everything? Unless you believe he's God, you won't be able to give your whole self to him. That's just truth. Your everything, if you don't believe that, it will always hold you back. See, Mary was showing us the only proper way to treat a person like Jesus. She gave him everything. She surrendered it all. It was already his anyway. If you're God, my life is already yours anyway, God. She worshiped him completely with her whole life, her future, and her worth, and said, it's in your hands. See how, and I want to ask you, and see, there's many ways we can say we're a Christian, right? Oh, some of us, we've been going to church for a while. Some of us, we haven't been to church ever, and this is our first time. But this is a way that we can check our hearts and how it looks towards God. And I want to uh, uh, say it like this. How is your affections for Jesus? Hill City family, how is your affection for Jesus today? If you want to check your heart, don't check what you know. Don't check all the good stuff you've done. Check how for Christ. When I love my wife, there is, there is consistency, there is loyalty, but there's also an affection that wants to grow for my wife. There is, a, there is an allegiance that I give totally to her. It's a huge question. It quantifies faith, our salvation, our maturity. Well, we can say I go to church, I've been, I'm part of the setup team, I help my neighbors, I even memorize the book of Mark. Do you know the book of Mark, John? Right? You can say all these, but how is your affection for Jesus? Is it growing? Is it alive? Is it filled with thankfulness? Is it filled with more trust day after day? Is your affection for Jesus maturing year after year? Is it shaping your decisions? Is your affection and your love for God actually shaping our decisions for life? Or is it just there? Oh, you know, I do the church thing. It's cool. Then I do my thing. It's cool, right? No, but is Jesus shaping the way we view people? You can only your enemies because you believe that if you're my enemy, I can only love you truly if I really believe that I was once an enemy of Christ and that you were made in the image of God. And I can still look at you and say, God, I can love him because you made him and you love him and I love you. Do we really believe Jesus it's God. Or has it turned into intellectual assent? Oh, the more I know, the more I can philosophize, right? The more I can, I can tell you about faith, then I'm, then I'm good, right? Listen, we can know all about Jesus and yet still totally not know him. The Pharisees in that day, the religious folks of that day, they knew all about the coming of the Messiah. Yet when the Messiah appeared, fulfilling all the prophecies, they hated him because it didn't fit the way they saw God. Sometimes Jesus doesn't fit the way we see God. Sometimes he doesn't fit into our lives. 
guess what? We're not, we're not supposed to fit God. God is not a puzzle piece that fits in our lives. We fit our lives around God. That is a totally different view of God. So John, how do we become more like Mary? How do we get a proper view of Jesus? We have deep loyalty and devotion for, for Jesus like Mary when the disciples and the Pharisees and everyone around him missed it. And I want to take you to the book of Luke 10. I'm going to read you verse 38 to 42. It says, And Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, and they came to a certain village. And it's named Martha welcomed, which is Mary's sister, him into the house. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. Say distracted. (laughs) By the big dinner she was preparing. She was doing something good, but she was distracted, right? And he said, Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister, I can see the attitude here, that my sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. But the, Jesus said to her, my dear Martha, right? Jesus always sets it up with saying something nice. And, and, and I, it's like how we do our kids, right? They're like, you, I love you so much. That's why I speak. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I, uh, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. But there is only one thing. Say one thing. There is only one thing worth being concerned this moment. And Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Every time we see Mary in Scripture, whether it's meeting Jesus on the road after Lazarus' death or when, Jesus, when, uh, when she knelt down and, and cried on Jesus' feet or in this moment where down her hair, she is continually at the feet of Jesus, hanging on every word, listening and learning. She's not distracted. And I want to ask us, are we distracted today? Whether it's hearing from God, are we distracted? Are, when's the last time we really heard from God and he moved us in a way when, he, when we saw something? You know, you know there's moments when we're working and there's a, there's a coworker and you know they're hurting, but you're distracted. You're like, ah, they can take care of themselves. But you know in your heart when God has called you to move. You know when you're in your heart when compassion takes over, but we're distracted passion because we're doing our thing, Right? She's not distracted. She was constantly in the posture at the feet of Jesus. And there, in that posture, she was being transformed, changed, renewed. And it became natural to surrender everything in worship. It became natural as she sat at the feet of Jesus. I'm not saying do what she did and start pouring alabaster, like pouring oil on Jen's head when she's doing worship next week, right? You're like, oh man, Jen. that's not what I'm saying next week, right? I'm not saying do exactly what Mary did, but they're being the same posture as Mary. When you come ready for worship, hungry to learn, revering God's word, that, that even in these moments that we get to join together once a week, it's a holy moment. When you're putting your children to bed, you think about Christ, and it's a holy moment. When you're thinking about your life, you're for the cross. When was the last time you said in a prayer, Jesus, I thank you for the cross? And you take it right back to Jesus. You take your day right back to Jesus, and you understand this whole day is a gift. That our whole life is a gift. When we look at our children, they are gifts. When we look at our, they are beautiful gifts. 
And when you look at life in, 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 in the posture of Mary, life is so, man, Jesus has so much for us. So how do we do this in 2017, John? We regularly and daily go to God's word. We go to prayer. I know you're like, I have already heard that. Then do it. If, if there was something new that I could say, it's awesome. My, my role every week is to take us right back to the cross. There was one message that, of the gospel. That is my role. But it's the hard part is to do it. It's hard for me, right? For me. We, go, we, we have to constantly position ourselves to listen, humbly responding to God in obedience. It's awesome to know stuff, but is it playing out in our obedience at work? with people, with the guy you don't like, that manager that is always screaming, and, and you just, there's stuff inside of you when you think about them. Of course, we all go through that. We all go through that. So this is so important. In spending time with Jesus, we'll come to realize he's not, at, oh man, this is big. This is big. So everyone look at me, just for this moment. This is the gospel right here. And when I say the gospel, this is the good. And in only in spending time with Jesus, you will ever come to realize he's not asking you to give him your life first. Rather, he's showing you that he has already given you his life for you first. He's not asking you to come love him first. Rather, he's showing you all the ways that he has already loved you. He's not asking you to bring your alabaster jar first. No, he's showing you that on the cross that he was broken and poured out for you first. And little by little, you'll feel him changing and transforming. And, and from the inside, as you see that Jesus is better, better than anything we have, better than anything we can offer. So today, we join in with Mary at the feet of Jesus asking him to change us and transform us man give God praise most of us me included what is your alabaster what is your thing my thing with God is my future I have a hard time giving him my future I know that sounds really strange that I I play a role God has put me in a place as a pastor right but I have a hard time giving him the rest of my life, just honestly. It might be my Asianness, right? I'm like, be successful, right? And the success in my mind is not obedience. And that's the thing that I'm working through in my life, right? God, well, if, I, if, I am an, uh, if I'm a pastor, God, I'm giving up this part of my life. I'm giving up uh, what the world considers success. And I battle that weekly. Ask, ask anyone close to me. There, there's always a question, am I doing the right thing, doing this pastor thing? You know why? Because I struggle in giving God everything and trusting him for my future. I, I honestly a thousand percent do. I already, I, I told Candace even last night, do you think I should, is this pastor, this is so, to you it might look dumb, but, but my, my battle, I battled this inside of my life. That I'm giving my, am I, am I supposed to give my whole self to this? And is this holding our family back? Is this from, uh, from financial success? With, uh, with, uh, is, is this obedience hurting our overall family? And, I, and this struggle that I have. Or do I say, I trust you, God, for my future, for my life, that you are better. I don't know what your alabaster jar is, but most people struggle in faith because we have not sat at the feet of Jesus long enough. And what I need to do is put, put that before Jesus again 
and again and again and experience goodness and his love and his affection and his holy presence so we get and because it's so easy to be caught up in religion and religion is never enough religion is something i can do for god when jesus when the gospel is what god has already done for me so when we get caught up in religion and good what I'm doing, we start looking elsewhere, trying to find wholeness in everything else, in people, in money, in relationships, in sex, in things, in knowledge, whatever it is. But as we stand, let's stand today. I want to challenge you to humble yourself. On you to humble yourself. It's not to see or think less of yourself. It's to think, uh, uh, think uh, it's not to think less of yourself, but to stop thinking of yourself so much, right? Just think of yourself less, not less of yourself. That's humility, because only humility can we come to Jesus. We posture ourselves at the feet. When you think of Jesus, when you're worshiping Christ, man, don't give bogus worship in this place, man. Let's be authentic. When you come into this place and you sing to God, you're singing to God. You're not singing to your neighbor, man. To your friends. And if you don't like to sing, you don't even need to sing. But give your best whatever, your oomph, right? Whatever, your heart. You, you lay it before God and you say, you are better. You're better than my voice, God, and my voice could be horrible at times, but you are better. You are better than my thoughts right now. I could be focused on so many others. You're better. You're better in this moment, and if this is a holy moment, I'm all in, in posturing myself humbly before Jesus, at the feet of Jesus, and in humbly posturing ourselves in this, I believe you will find out that Jesus is better. Let's pray. Just bow your heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, just be with us, Lord God. I know that I have done my all to passionately, Lord, communicate your worth, Lord. I pray for most of us in this room, the only reason we don't know is we have not gone all in in obedience, God. And if that's us here today, I pray, Lord God, speak to our hearts right now, Lord God. Speak to our minds, Lord God, and we begin to posture and humble ourselves, Lord God. Instead of saying, God, bless my life, we say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Instead of saying, God, I need this, and we ask, God, what do I need in my life? We posture ourselves in a different way with a different view of life right now. And in doing so, we will understand the fullness of life, the goodness of life, the peace that passes all understanding that only comes when we gauge and jump in and follow you, Lord God. You have our allegiance. If you're in this room today and you've been teeter-tottering or God is speaking to your heart and saying you have never given me your allegiance, Jesus does not want your just your 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 margin, your extra, your he doesn't want your uh, leftovers best. He's not asking for leftovers. He's saying I gave my best. I want you to understand that. And if you are here today and God is speaking to your heart and you want to give your life fully to Christ, and I know there's no magic prayers in this place. It all matters if we're faithful and we give your allegiance and we're loyal, God. But if you're here today and you say I want my walk with Christ, and if that's you, just raise your hands. And I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all over this room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I believe God is truly speaking to you. You can put your hands down. I pray for all the hands that went up right now, Lord. We give our life.
to you and we want to start it because you're speaking to our hearts. It's not just it's not a good word, but God, you're opening up an area within us, Lord God, and you're making it come alive and only you can do that. And I pray, keep those who have started this journey, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. God bless you. Get to know people. Thank you for coming. And let's Jesus is better. Jesus is better. I'm telling you, Jesus is better. God bless you guys.